From the heart of the city to the outer edges of the Beltway and beyond, this is the District of Misfits Show. The drinking show with a podcast problem. This is your guide into our unique and beautiful city. The good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the funny and straight up ridiculous. Told by us before someone tells it for us. The opinions expressed on this show are our own. And we make no apologies. Hello, my misfits. How the hell are you? Welcome to the Halloween special of the District of Misfits show. It is our Halloween special. Boo to everybody. We are a drinking show with a podcast problem. I hope everyone is having an amazing weekend watching the Nats and everything like that. Tonight's show is being filmed live from Shenanigans, Irish Pub, and Adams Morgan. Tonight, we're hit on a butt dial. 39 dead. The impeachment of the evil orange baby shark and spooky ghost tours. Ghost tours. I am Marcus Bradley Donovan. Uh, please like, follow us, The District of Misfits, Facebook and Instagram, The District of Misfits, Twitter, DC Misfits. I am Marcus Bradley Donovan, the pasteurized chef on all social medias. Tonight, filling in for Crushing Boo Dixon is Ian Taranji. Hello, hello. And next to him is Miss Valerie Torres. Hello, everyone. Valerie Torres at Facebook. Yes, I am on she Facebook. She got the applause. I did. I got the one applause. Yay. Uh, tonight's uh, drink of the day is spooky purple drink. Thank you there, Rossi. Hope everybody's, everybody's having a great night. I know the Nats are on, so you're probably not going to watch us live. Probably going to watch us afterwards or have a drink with us afterwards. I'm okay with that. Um, so let's uh, start off with our safe words. Let's get knocked out. Ian? Okay. Juan Soto is my safe word. One Soto. word. Soto. It has well, to be one word? Yes, one sir. word. Okay. You've done it's the show. It's going to be... It's gonna You've be done the word. You've Juan done the Soto. show before. Juan Soto. <laughs> I'm okay with that one. All right. Uh, what is mine going to be? You've had two weeks now. I know. Uh, nationals. Well, I'm going to take the obvious one. Boo. <laughs> boo. Boo. Boo, boo. I got... Boo. That's actually two points. I snuck boo in earlier. All right. We'll have to remember to get uh, um, our other guests their safe words as well. That is actually true. This is the first time we're actually going to break it up and actually have a good time with it. Um, like Wait, I said, we go- should explain the safe words. Why? Why do we have yeah, safe why words? Why do we have safe words? Why just assume people follow it? So we have safe words because it is a drinking show with a podcast problem. Sometimes things go off the rails. That's a good line. Especially myself. Um, but since I've been, in, I'm going to be in timeout for the next couple of months. We probably won't use the uh, safe words as much. This is true. So. Unless the guests go off the hand, like off the rail, like I think Ross will probably go I off. Think Ross might. I mean, Ross is already off now. And by the way, I have two points. Keep that score. Two points. So yes, so Boo and Jamie are out. Uh, they're with the kitties and uh, ones at work. So tonight we are going to be discussing politics with Mr. Ian Taranji. Hello, hello. He is our uh, political officiere. Uh, he has uh, his own law firm, and he also studied uh, the constitutional law and. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. College. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Is that what you did? <laughs> <laughs> or he was at least a nerd for it, I can imagine. I, I'm an immigration attorney. I am an artist and a musician and composer. Um, and I'm also a host of SCOTUS Pod. I'm glad you said Look that. us up on Apple, whatever, Stitchers, all, all, Spotify, all whatever. the things. Whatever, all the things. Anything? We're on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us at SCOTUS Pod. You can email us at scotuspod at gmail.com. And it's basically, it's just a show. Myself and uh, an attorney from New York, Sandy Hausler, 
we are both Supreme Court nerds and constitutional law nerds. And so I think what we're trying to do is sort of like demystify a lot of what goes on at the court for lay people, people who don't have law degrees but really want to understand what's going on at the court and how it affects their lives and, um, you know, what's some of the, the politics going on around the Supreme Court. It's hugely important. We have a, there's an enormously consequential term that has just started, and so we'll be talking about the Supreme Court, I predict, a lot, a lot over the next uh, year or so. So before we get into that, because I have a lot of questions, I know Val does as well, let's get the Nats yeah. out of the way, because I see we're going to be watching the TV the whole time we're here. So the Nats came back in we a tail. Not, we might not be. <laughs> so the Nats came back from Houston up 2-0. And there's a good chance they might go down one by the end of the night. We hope not. I hope not. I know Val hopes They're not. They're losing right now, and uh, yeah. And this man has an eagle uh, eye because that TV is really far over there. Yeah. Well, we have a bunch of friends who are actually at the game as we speak. Yeah, I have a lot including of the owner of Shenanigans, Tommy. No, he is not at the game. Well, he, we thought he was going to be there. But thank you, Tommy, for the food that you uh, gave us tonight. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Um, as Marcus said, we are at Shenanigans Irish Pub tonight, airing live from the upstairs bar. And um, thank you to Tommy King for supplying us with snacks, because we all love snacks. It took me a while to figure out the whole motif was Irish in here. Did, Did it? it? Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's, yeah. It's very kinda. green. I should have dyed my hair green tonight instead of red. You should have. I would have been more festive, but I got St. Patrick's Day for that. So, Val, how do you feel about the Nats going flat out? Uh, what? Flat out diving once they got back to D.C. I mean, it was very disappointing, you know? I mean, you'd hoped at least they would win one of the two games that they just played these past two days. Um, and they were they really lost in terrible fashion. The last night was an ass whooping. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. I mean, that, that kind of ripped the soul out of uh, – I can imagine watching that game. I mean, I turned it off. But if you're out of the game and you spent that much money, I'm not fucking leaving at that point. I'm sitting there watching the, the, the madness going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at tickets in, like, standing room only. It was, like, eight dollars $900 at one point. I think the night they were going down to half, which is great. But still. Um, so the big story for tonight, obviously, Max Scherzer uh, had neck and back spasms. He was the – Scheduled Game 5 starter, obviously a three-time Cy Young Award winner, the ace of the national staff. Uh, it's questionable whether he could be back for a Game 6 or Game 7. I, I certainly hope so. I mean, if, you know, if we, they're, they're losing right now, it looks like 2 to nothing. I think. It's hard to see the TV. I can't see the numbers, but I think <laughs> just, <laughs> having, just having kept up with it. Uh, we can see the bodies looks like the they're losing. They're losing at least 2 to nothing. Let's put it that way. And so if we assume that they lose tonight, night, hopefully Strasburg and Scherzer are going against the Of course, one of those games is going to be against Justin Verlander, and that's another demon. A problematic. Well, I mean, yeah, game six, I think uh, Strasburg is actually going to be starting, and that yeah. way to give uh, Max a uh, rest for his uh, yeah. neck and his, back, and his back. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, you'd like to go in. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good thing to have if you have to play game six and game seven. To win the World Series, you may as well have your two best pitchers, you know, ready to go. It's debatable whether Scherzer's going to be ready to go by Game 7. I sure hope so. I mean, is that an injury he's had before, or is that just kind of like out of the blue? Boy, I really don't know. I mean, he's gone with a broken nose, dented up face. Yeah. 
Didn't he throw like almost throw a no hitter? He did throw a no hitter. Oh, he almost threw a no hitter with night, the yeah. with the broken nose. Yeah, he was like like on fire. It was ridiculous. Ugh. Well, listen, I sure there's a gamer, and I think if there's any way he can pitch in Game Seven, I think he will. You know, I mean, look, there's a story to be. You know, there's a story that at the end of this, where you know, uh, uh, Scherzer plays the role of uh, what's that dude the, uh, the Red Sox Soto? no the Red oh, Sox uh, pitcher with the bloody Kurt, sock Kurt uh, Schilling Kurt, yes. I mean there's a there's a story here where a less than 100% Max Scherzer guts out a game 7 victory for the Nationals title uh, that's not where I would lay my money but uh, like I say there's there you know that story yeah. might be that story may be told we can be optimistic let's be optimistic let's be optimistic all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's just skip it right on into. I kind of got a lot of questions here. Um, this impeachment thing, yeah, it's it's you see a lot of rhetoric and a lot of dumb shit going on. Like you watch Lindsey Graham say something completely opposite from what he said right. twenty years ago, right. and then you have Republican we call that we call that hypocrisy. I know shit. Yeah, imagine that. Is but, that what they call it? They yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, like my whole thing. You know, you and I talked. Last night, because we, you know, Saturday night, we're just hanging out, talking to each other Why on the not? phone. Because <laughs> uh, we're, we're cool like that. Um, and you were like, you know, yeah, let's, let's, let's find something to talk about. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so great. There's, there's so much we can talk about. There's impeachment. There's the new Supreme Court term. There's the Democratic primary. And you're like, yeah, you know, we want to make sure that we keep it light and <laughs> keep things kind of humorous. I said, okay, well, then impeachment, because the other two topics are going to be depressing. <laughs> so, and impeachment... Impeachment has the the added benefit of like it's 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 a Keystone Cops kind of caper, you know. Like these are they're not just criminals; they're the dumbest criminals. Yeah, I mean, you're, ever you're watching it, and it's like, is this real life? Like, is this really what I mean? It's uh, yeah. I mean, look, my. My bona fides here. Look, I'm a, I was in college. I was a history and poli sci major. Uh, you know, uh, graduated from law school. Um, I have been like a uh, constitutional law, Supreme Court nerd forever, um, and a politics nerd, like literally since I was a little kid. And I saw Gerald Ford on TV. Yes, I'm totally aging myself, but um, you know. Um, so I was really, really clued in to the whole impeachment process when Clinton. When yeah. President Clinton was impeached. Is that what got you really into that? Or? Well, you know, we hadn't had uh, a moment where we really even considered impeachment. I mean, I guess there were people who talked about impeaching George W. Bush, about Iraq, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, but they hid that shit well, though. I, I just feel I just feel with Clinton's, like, if I was in law school, that would kind of make me want to be like, this is the first time thing. I've never seen this in my life. Probably never going to see it again. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so, I suspect we're probably going to see more impeachments, not fewer, going forward. That's just, but that's just a wild-ass prediction. I mean, so, so the, the thing about impeachment, yeah. it, it sounds simple enough, but is it really that simple? Like. Well, how, so, how many layers here are there? I mean, it's like an onion. There's a there's a lot of layers. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, it's it's actually foundational to the principles that underlie the Constitution. What do I mean by that? Like, the the, the framers who wrote the Constitution, you know, they debated a lot and and very strongly about what kind of powers the president was going to have and what kind of powers Congress was going to have um, and made sure to divide those powers up. 
And the reason that they did that was because they didn't want too much power accruing in one person's hands. Which makes total sense. Which makes total sense, especially when you consider that they fought a revolution against uh, a monarchy. Yeah, exactly. So it does make total sense that they would not want to have one person be that all-powerful. And, you know, they feared it was a small country at the time. It wasn't, you know, the vast expanse of the continent like it is today. It was not the... the engine that or it is today it was 13 it was 13 small colonies it was probably you know there were probably more residents in london than there were in half the the united states at the time so they feared foreign influence this was also at a time when there was uh, a lot of colonialism going on here in the western hemisphere uh, you know france was here the spanish have been here throughout um, you know the british so they 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 feared foreign influence over an executive. Yeah. And because of that, they put in the impeachment. Article 2 gives the House of Representatives the authority to impeach and also affords the Senate the opportunity to hear the articles of impeachment and either convict or not convict. A conviction, obviously, removing president from office. But actually, impeachment is for any... A lot of different federal offices or judges, federal judges can be impeached. The vice president could be impeached. The attorney general could be impeached. Supreme so, Court? Could I, is that a impeachable thing? Uh, a, justice, a justice of the Supreme Court certainly could be impeached and removed by that, by that procedure. So it's a simple majority vote in the House on articles of impeachment to forward those articles onto the Senate. The Senate must convict by a two-thirds majority. So okay. you have to have 67 votes to convict the i think the breakdown in the senate right now is like is like 53 so not quite there 47 republican so i think the, i think basically you we would need 20 republicans to uh uh i know i just saw a home run god <laughs> damn it uh, <laughs> so let, let me ask you this if i saw it out of the corner of my eye i was like oh god so the fact that he doesn't or that administration doesn't follow the rules very well what happens if he does get a piece who's going to force him out who's going to actually make him leave the office like well can he get arrested can he get like i mean how does this happen you know i know that this it's it's kind of popular to talk about you know i know bill maher talks about all the time like he's not leaving he's not leaving he's not leaving and you know to be sure that is that would be some authoritarian shit to just like not leave after having been either forced out through constitutional mechanisms or having lost uh, an election. Um, I think that there are enough officials in the U.S. government, military, generals, law enforcement, that despite their partisan leanings do understand... That he's a disaster. Well, not not just that he's a disaster, but that uh, a, a peaceful transfer of power is critical to the ongoing success of this American experiment. Look, we've only been a country for 247 years or so, give or take. Um, You know, there's no guarantees that the democracies and the rights that we've all grown up with that that, that are going to continue on in perpetuity. There's nothing written in stone that says... Uh, you know, all of these things are going to continue. You know, we have to kind of fight for them yeah. and and ensure that democratic processes are followed and respected. Um, and certainly, I believe if he were removed 67 votes in the Senate, 
if they actually got to that, I suspect some generals would probably come into the Oval Office and say, Mr. President, it's time, time. to go. It's time. And then what happens I mean, then? What are the chances that that's actually going to happen? Like, I think slim. You know? I think very slim. I th- I, if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said zero. If you're asking me now, I'm saying like two and a half percent. Like so what? I mean you've gone you've gone from you've gone from the realm of virtually impossible to the realm of likely impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so what 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 is the thinking behind some of these these diehard Republicans who are who are so adamantly still supporting him? Like what would be what is the my suspicion about that is for the elected officials the elected officials is um, one job preservation right um you know oh, that they know I'm sorry are we we have we have a live call-in from our nats correspondent our nats right, correspondent so we're, we're the impeachment after uh, next mike hair sign all right good we have him on speaker hello michael hello hey Val. hi good how are you can you hear him can you, can you hear him and and so how's the game going? I mean, I see. Does we he see know he's our Nats correspondent? Yeah, he does know he's. A, you do know that you're our Nats correspondent, correct? <laughs> you're the Nats correspondent here for the District of Misfits show. Can you hear me? This is gripping, <laughs> gripping you. television. So Hello? You. Hello? Yep, I can hear you. Now you can hear me? So how's it going yeah, at the game? Like, what's it feel like? Oh, it's fucking electric. It's absolutely electric. I mean, it's a, everybody's standing in my section. People are barely sitting down. You know, we're down four runs off. Wait, it's four runs, runs now? Uh, we're down four runs? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> staying in the fight, it's a comeback team. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So everybody's still up. Everybody's still feeling good, looking good. I mean, have you seen President Trump? Have you seen President Trump? Oh yeah, no, we put the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, they they stuck him in uh, in the middle of the uh, wave your hats, cheer the hell out of the veterans, and put the shit out of the orange cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Is he doing Baby Shark? DC DC DC's not putting up with that bullshit. <laughs> Just at the end of the day. Has he been doing the Baby Shark? Uh, no, no, he's, he's, he's been sitting in the learner box, you know, millionaires like millionaires, they just hang out together. Neither of them are billionaires, but you know, millionaires stick together. How was, the, how was the Jose Andres' first pitch? How was, uh, Jose Andres' first pitch? Uh, you know, he, uh, <laughs> he looks like he practiced a little bit, uh, he's got a little more work to go, you know, it's left a little short, but all told, his form was pretty good, I thought. I think he might have a career uh, over for the Nationals in the future. Oh, yeah? So now oh, we, need yeah, to, yeah. we need to preface this by saying that um, Michael Harrison is also a baseball coach for what, for high school kids, middle school kids? Uh, high school varsity hitting coach. Yes. In addition every, every, to being. Every player that I've coached, he's in the majors as a pitcher. But, you know, I'm a pretty good hitting coach. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do for Juan Soto? What can we do for Juan Soto, do you think? For Juan Soto? 
Take care of his bar tab. Any day that you see Juan Soto, <laughs> his tab is on the house. I don't care. Or bartender's back pocket. We got to take care of the kid. He just turned 21 sure this weekend. the love of D.C. in the way that, you know, other traitorous pieces of shit may have left. <laughs> he just needs to go to, to, go to other shitty, shitty organizations in towns like Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have picked a bigger shithole. Marcus said he I wasn't have picked a bigger shithole than Philly. Bryce Harper. Uh, yeah, no, say. exactly. I mean, it's really the asshole of America. I <laughs> agree. Uh, you know, Marcus, say, thank you. Thank you for the ticket. I knew that you blew the budget for the next, like, five or six shows. You're welcome. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. If I couldn't go, I wanted you to go, Michael. We're just happy you're there, Mike. Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. It, it's really it's a great atmosphere. It's probably, it's honestly, like, on my bucket list. And I can check it off now. Like, I never thought that I'd go to see a World Series game growing up in D.C. with no baseball team in town. And, um, you know, I, I honestly never thought baseball was going to come back. And I sure as hell didn't think that I would be sitting, well, standing and watching a World Series because <laughs> nobody in my section is sitting down. Everybody has nice. been standing this entire game. That's pretty awesome. And we're, we're kind of about that life. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. We're going to let you go back to the game. Awesome. Thank you all very much. Thank you again. I love you all, and I'll see you all after the show. Word. Go Nets. Nets. Go Nets. (laughs) Okay, that was pretty awesome, actually. Way better than I thought it was going to go. It was actually (laughs) really cool. All right. So with that said, we're going to table impeachment. We're going to go on a little break, and we'll be back in two minutes. We have today with us Ross Cohn. Hey, guys. Glad to be on here. And Bo King from... Hi. <laughs> From the Blackguard. Was that Boo yes. King? Bo. Boo. Bo. It's, oh, not Bo. Bo. it's not Boo. It's uh, you, Bo. You can call me Boo. I, I feel like we're that close. I, I, got, I, got. I mean, like, he's my Boo, but, like, he could be your Boo, too. He could also be my Boo. We're very modern. We're very cosmopolitan. Yeah. We share. Hey, Boo. Hi. <laughs> I'm filling in for Boo. <laughs> I miss um, I miss I'm, Boo. I'm not your Boo. Yeah, she's killing. No, she's not. Yeah, I am. So um, we have these two here today because we they are organizing a spooky ghost tour tomorrow in Adams Morgan. Can you guys tell me a little bit about this? Spooky. Yeah. uh, So uh, Ross and I were. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Ross and I (laughs) were looking for something fun to do on a Monday, and uh, I've been sort of angling to be a tour guide during the day because I'm a nerd. And uh, (laughs) yeah, you are. It it occurred to me. Yeah, thank you for noticing. uh, It occurred to me that most of the uh, profitable or popular popular tours uh, in most cities uh, involve a ghost tour. And uh, it just got me interested in, in the subject uh, in general. And uh, I went and did some research and uh, went and found these guys. Uh, they go, I think they go by the McCarthy brothers, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, but, I, you know, I don't know if it's their real name. They're real squirrely guys. Uh, but they it have this thing called... squirrely. Sp- yeah, it's very, very spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's spooky. Uh, so, uh, they run this thing called Spooky Ghost Hunter Tours out of Maryland. And uh, really, apparently, very popular uh, attraction. And I called them and asked them if they could do something for Adams Morgan. And they said, oh, 
you know, there's tons of history in the neighborhood. Uh, one of the original sort of potter's fields, they call them, where they would bury uh, unclaimed dead uh, actually was on Columbia Road when the what? city line ended at Florida Avenue. And that's just a taste of the sweet, sweet historical nuggets you're going to get on the Spooky Ghost Hunter Tour. Uh, my nips are hard already. <laughs> <laughs> so if we wanted to join and follow it in the shenanigans of this tour, how would we do that? Uh, it's very simple. It's free to anyone that, that comes. Uh, the, the fellows that run the tour would like people to buy T-shirts. Uh, but you know, They have some swag. Yeah, a little yeah. Yeah. swag. Uh, but they'll all be meeting <laughs> at the bulletin board at 18th and Columbia in front of the PNC Bank. Sounds super legit, I know. Uh, the kidnap van will pull up and take you away. I can't uh, free, wait. Free candy, though. Yeah. Free you got to buy candy? the T-shirt. It's at yeah. uh, 7 o'clock on Monday. And, uh, we tomorrow, that is. Tomorrow. Yes. The 28th. Yes. Yeah. Tomorrow is Monday. So there will be some scary booze. I, I, you know, I think there will be some spooky shenanigans afoot. <sighs> I mean, uh, they, they have uh, claimed, like, some real ghost sightings using their... They, EKG meters and shit like that. That and yeah. he was saying something else. Uh, I had like got a, like a spare like part time like talking to them a little bit. Like he's right. Like they're like, I think they're just kind of weird. But like, so you think they're making this shit up, or you think? It's um, like, you know what? Uh, I mean, this is spooky. I've never had a seance or anything. Spooky. Or, um, uh, I, I mean, like, I, I think it's it's definitely real to them. And I've spoken to people who have RSVP'd who are absolutely sure that there are ghosts. I mean, it's like, it's absolutely like, sure that there are ghosts in this neighborhood. It's so. like it's religion. If you believe it, it's real. Right, right. I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, whether or not we see any ghosts, I'm sure it's going to be a good time. We're going to, you know, walk the neighborhood, maybe hit a couple of the local establishments. I was going to ask, are there going to be a few, like, pit stops and different? Uh, there, there's a lot of spirits inhabiting this neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, it, Spooky like ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Is it getting pretty spooky? You never know. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some of these spooky places? Ah, uh, you know, I mean, uh, there's there's probably going to be some ghosts. Maybe at uh, you know shenanigans, there could be ghosts. There could be ghosts at Grand Central. See, Grand Central. Be, you know, perhaps I duplex, the Town Tavern. The yeah. Town Tavern. Like, I hear that place there? has lots yeah, of ghosts. Yeah, their second floor is really scary. Right. You know, <laughs> really I blocked is. out there once. Three times. Is that what we're claiming as blackouts now? Well, you know, I mean, I'm fucking it's in a it. fine line between oh, a ghost and a blackout, yeah. and I encourage you all to find that line yeah. and step way over it. I'm pretty I mean, sure Bobble like, blacked out there diligence. on his 50th birthday. Well, Bobble has blacked out everywhere Bobble has been, so <laughs> I think the odds are pretty good. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. Uh, but yeah, it should be a good time. I, I hope to see everybody there, and uh, you know, if not, Ross and I will be cuddling in the spoon position until someone shows up. So even if the tour sucks, you guys are going to make it fun? Oh, I mean... Oh, it's always I mean, fun. It's I'm always a simple. good time. Yeah. With, uh, like, have fun no matter what. I find the Fair tour enough. to be almost incidental to the <laughs> friends we make along the way. <laughs> hint, hint, you know, wink, wink. I'd love to rope some people in and, and, you know, like bug some people into joining our tour and just sort of Pied Piper people yeah. down the Maybe uh, someone's boo can join you and, like, their boo becomes your boo. Yeah. So you might bring your own booze? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you got you got to bring a boo, right? Like, but if you get you bring, bring, your your booze, bring your boo, you could bring get your own boo. It's the modern boo-boo. world. Everybody you might get a boo boo if you drink too much of the boo. Is this tour child friendly? Uh, absolutely not. It is <laughs> <laughs> over. I would like to make that very clear. Yeah. I mean, I'm 26 years old. I'm still looking for someone to adopt. Not me. made that clear so, already. 
I'm not that. I'm not the one. Yeah, I would be of the age of. Like I'm not the one. Twenty-five. So you need an adult. So I've heard these stories, a story, or I've heard some things about you guys between Uh-oh. the two of you and some five dollars. What is this? Yeah, this guy owes me five dollars, and he's. I I begged at Ross, I believe it's you who owes me five dollars, and I will maintain that fact. Ross and I had a talk one night. If you could call it a talk, it was more like a. It was a rambling. A, a got in the minds. Yeah, we figured some stuff out. We realized working a busy shift behind the bar that there should be a $5 tax on anybody who's bothering us or, you know, bothering the bartender, period. Just like, like being a fucking pussy. Like, yeah, if you're uh, being a pussy, you owe someone $5. Like, well, you're being a you, and, you know, you don't have to be no. uh, an employee of the establishment you're in to call somebody out. If you're sitting at the bar and someone's being a pussy, you can just tell them to give the bartender $5. And you're allowed to say the $5. bar. $5. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Or, or do you, you gotta anywhere. pay $5 to leave. No, no, no. I mean, stay. Leaving is also optional, but $5 is definitely mandatory at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. what's your enforcement mechanism? Uh, it's like you just, just keep just calling them. Every time they're being a pussy, they, yeah. they owe you five more dollars. You're and that's real quick. And you speak loudly so everyone can hear that you're calling that person uh, gotcha. a pussy. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's sort of a social contract, really. I understand. I understand. Social shaming. Gotcha. It works pretty well, though. Uh, how much? How much is in the bank by now? Oh, you know, uh, we don't like to count the cost of money. It's really we're doing it for the love of the game. Like fifteen dollars. I, I feel All that there has been. Like, I got a lot of five dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there have been a lot of five dollars that's gone back and forth. I don't know. Mostly he owes me five dollars because he's a fucking pussy. So I don't know. We'll see about it. I feel like I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Locked eyes about I it. Like, purple I'm, drink I'm waiting for the two of you. <laughs> I'm waiting for the two of you to start making out. It's all I want to watch right now. I mean, we just, I mean, we I mean I'll give you five dollars. Well, if these people didn't tell us, we were here for the money shot. Five dollars, maybe. I'll, yeah, I'll give you five dollars. It's five dollars. It's five dollars. I'd actually kind of prefer that. <laughs> Don't be a pussy. <laughs> I'd be. <Fork> it over. <laughs> I did the shit for free. Let's Let me go. see the five bucks first. <laughs> yeah, we'll be seeing it. <laughs> all right, you guys, uh, are we, we're also here to talk about Donald Trump, right? I know a lot about constitutional law. Well, oh, no, not all right. at all. Real fast, before we, before we get <laughs> out of the way, talk about your places, the location where you work, and where, what nights we could find you at your bars. Uh, yeah. yeah. You guys are real professionals here. Uh, my name is Bo King. I am the owner and operator of The Blaggard on 18th Street, at 2003 18th Street Northwest. Bring your friends. Don't bring your kids. Thank you. Any specials, anything like that, or no? Uh, just five dollars. Everything's five dollars. Yeah, uh, I mean, are we talking about Halloween night or are we talking about Monday in general? Night? Whatever you Monday want. night uh, from five to eight, it'll be three dollar PBRs, three dollar Bud Light and Natty Bows, five dollar everything else on draft, and we have happy hour wing specials. Come see us. Thank you. And mm. the Blackguard is known for being a Redskins bar, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Right now, I'm, it's, I'm not that's not a selling point right we're now. All, <laughs> we're all born and raised, and uh, so we're any any DC team. You know, we're we're big fans of. We have a big crowd for the Nats game right now. When Donald Trump showed up, and we started losing by two more runs. So thank you. So how long have you been down at the Blackbird? Uh, I've been there for nine years. We bought the place in October 2010, so we just celebrated our ninth nice. anniversary. Congratulations. Thank That's you. awesome. Thank you. I mean, any, if you can be in this business longer than a year or two, you're fucking doing a good job. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not, but everybody else is, so it works out. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that your doors are still open is good. Right. Enough. It's That's a super organic system. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I wake up on time, the doors are definitely open. So. And the Blackguard has a sister location, too, yeah? Yes, we have a restaurant on Georgia Avenue in Petworth called Homestead. It's 3911 Georgia Avenue. I am uh, uh, 
you know, we, had, we just celebrated our third birthday there. And I've had brunch there numerous of times. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for, for your business mm-hmm. and your patronage. Patronage. Yeah. You said it's so sexy. Thank you. I'm telling you, make out. Just make out. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just pull out five dollars. Ross, where do you work? Um... So I work at a very um, prominent establishment in Adams Morgan. Uh, here, Shenanigans Irish Pub. Perfectly located at 2450 18th Street, Northwest 20001, Washington, D.C. Um, I have been here for uh, about two, three weeks ago. It's been my seven years here. Congratulations um, as well. That's yeah, no, it's, How long has Shenanigans actually been here? Um, since December 1st of 2011. So as Ooh. shenanigans, but before shenanigans, it was like so the there was a like McNasties six eight month like. period where it was, uh, it was called McNasties, but uh, people just <laughs> thought we were a strip club. So like, I mean, to be fair, I mean, make it nasty. It is. You got to know the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also like how you've been here seven years and you got the zip code wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nine. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. My my. It's house. okay when you audit, yeah. when you audit Google will totally fix your. Mistake. I mean, you said yeah. it. You said it so convincingly. Like yeah, you knew you what did. I fucking I believed it myself. I see. Yeah. Way to go, boo. You didn't say that. I wouldn't have looked it up and said <laughs> I just want to point out really quickly, you know you're in a legit Adams Morgan establishment when you can look out the window and see not one, but two jumbo slice oh, no shit. neon right. signs. Yeah. Yeah. This shit is legit. Right well, I w- I'm happy to say that now Wawa's in the neighborhood. He's in yeah. Colorado. I love Wawa. That's- yeah. Oh, Wawa? Yeah. I thought you said Obama. And I was like, he's in Colorado. Why would Obama be on fucking Adams Morgan? Why, why would he not be in Adams Morgan? He yeah, right. had jumbo sliced pizza places right there. That's why. <laughs> yeah, he wanted diarrhea and to throw up. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle doesn't want him. I can see his kids on fucking Adams Morgan, but not fucking him right now. Um, so what are some of the specials here? Um, yeah, we, we do great specials all the time. Um, awesome so, like, I'll, I'll be working uh, Wednesday through Saturday. Or Wednesdays, we do, like, all-day happy hour. Um, you know, hump day, let's get weird. Um, and it's uh, it's never, like, too – it's a very, very, like, homey environment. It's never, like, too crowded. Sometimes at the night uh, and the night, it's, like, very – Heavily uh, industry influence. Got a lot of bartenders, managers, owners coming in. True story. Having a, uh, a beverage or five. I mean, I've never been here. Yeah, this is your first time. Mm-hmm. If you black out here, it doesn't it doesn't hold up in court. It doesn't so. count. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you were never here. <laughs> Constitutional guy okay, knows that. Black out pussy. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. um, I think uh, one of the things that like really blow us up on the weekends, and we kind of used to get people in, is we do an open bar special. 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Ten dollars all you can drink. Rail drinks, but like. Does that draft. mean you like get to go back behind the bar and make your um, own? Yeah, for five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. I like that. I'm glad that that wasn't here when I was in my twenties because yeah, I might have died. Oh, you, yeah. We would have made you into somebody. <laughs> yeah, we, you would have become a ghost. <laughs> So, uh, real fast, your uh, drink you made there, Ross. Why don't you explain the drink you made? Uh, purple drink. Um, drink. It's uh, three it's main drink. ingredients to the purple drink. It's uh, sugar, water, and purple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, this one has a little alcohol in it. Um, so, we have some great vodka with a, um, a, a triple berry puree. Um, and then we... You make triple berry puree in-house? Yeah, yeah, yeah from Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are the three berries? I don't know. <laughs> There's like blue <laughs> ones and like black ones. And then purple ones. <laughs> Her banana's a berry. <laughs> I'm not a fruitologist, man. Come on. <laughs> And then you added a little dangleberries. Yeah, just a little topped off with some some, hard, uh, some seltzer. You know what I mean? Something. Though. Valerie and I are drinking the fuck out of these. Yeah, some, we uh, are. A little evanescence. Purple drink. Some, some purple. Digging it. Digging it. So, ladies and gentlemen, any last words from you two? Give me five dollars. That's a very polite way of saying you're good. Tours going on tomorrow night. Cross section of. Uh, Adams Morgan and Columbia. Columbia. Oh, Do you want to give the zip code? 11D50. Starts at 7 p.m. It's going to be a good time. We're going to do some uh, paranormal investigation, check out some spirits in the neighborhood. So we're going to everyone It's free 99. You can't really beat that price. Right on, right on. Who are you going to call? Smokey. All right, guys. With that. With that, we're going to send out. We're going to send you to a a very interesting video. It's thriller, but not what you expect. See you right back. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around for us. Uh, If you're watching us and not the Nets, what the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, so, ladies and Ian, Taranji is going out for Boo. For Boo, who leads out here. So, if you can't tell, we're playing a little Boo game. Are we? Is Boo here? No, Boo's not here. So we're going to go back to the impeachment conversation because this is a really inquisitive. I really think we need to talk more about this kind of thing. It's yeah, it's pretty. It's 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 a pretty big deal. I mean, like you said it right. It's like an onion. It's there's so many fucking layers. There's a lot. There's a lot of layers to it, um, constitutionally, politically. I mean, criminally, legally. Let's just kind of start at the beginning. Like, why? Why is it happening now? Like, where? How? Where do we come from to get here? I mean, like going back to. James Madison, writing the writing the impeachment clauses no, in the Constitution. People have uh, Google for that. I mean, yeah. with Trump, like I mean, we all know he's bad dicks. We all know he sucks. But like, what actually is the tipping point? Why now? Why not earlier? Like, just fill in the blanks. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, for folks who haven't been watching the news, there's been a lot of discussion about Trump's dealings with Ukraine, the president of Ukraine, and the bottom line is that he was withheld critical military aid from the Ukrainian people with the hopes that the Ukrainian government will investigate Joe Biden and Joe Biden's family. And why is that? He sees Joe Biden as being a threat to him politically. Um, I tend to think Joe Biden is not really the favorite to win the nomination. I, I, I would agree with that. But, um, but, 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 but Trump sees someone who wants to dirty up. Um, And even if it's fabricated, you know, he doesn't doesn't care. He understands, you know, Trump is a profoundly stupid man. Let's just get that out there. But, but, where he has been very savvy is understanding the types of messages that get through to the audience he wants to reach. And just having somebody from Ukraine say, yes, we opened an investigation into Hunter Biden's involvement in this, you know, this, this Ukrainian company, um, and we believe that there may have been some corrupt acts there, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and whether it's bullshit or not, just having that out there, who knows, dirties up Biden. It's- and, and it's one of those things where, when, if you're covered full of mud, 
you want everybody else to you be want covered to be just dirty, full yeah. of mud because then you can say, well, I'm not any dirtier than all these other people who are covered in mud. But it sounds like the, it, it's parallel to the FBI and Hillary. So like, the mud slings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's ultimately what he's trying to get at. The problem is, the problem is, is that he is using his office. He's using his position as President of the United States. For the last time he was not, he was just a candidate. He's using that position to extract things of value to Donald Trump, as opposed to working in the interests and extracting things of value to the United States of America. And that is the big difference. And we talked a little bit earlier about kind of like, you know, when, when, when the framers put the impeachment clause in, they wanted Congress to have a mechanism for removing a president who has abused his office, who has committed crimes in office or, you know, one of the words that was kind of like thrown about but not exactly adopted at the Constitutional Convention because they were called uh, a maladministration. You know, basically doing a bad job as president. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of scholarly, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of scholarly writing lately about, you know, has the impeachment clause been used enough? Yeah. Have we used it enough to get rid of bad presidents who have done poor jobs? And, you know, I tend to think that we've used it about right. I think when you're talking about impeachment, regardless whether it's Democrat, Republican, whether it's Trump, whether it's Clinton, whether it's Nixon, whatever, um, you're talking about upending a democratic election. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's something that's serious and that's something that should be not taking much. should be it should there, there should be a lot of sober reflection. On that, because it's not something that you should just step into lightly. You know, 160 million people have voted for somebody. You need to, there's a certain level of respect that's accorded to that, regardless what you think of. Still 160 million, yeah. You know, so, you know, where are we now? I think it's pretty clear that he's committed impeachable offenses. I personally thought it was clear before we knew anything about him. That he had committed impeachable offenses, but at that point, the Democrats, I think, wanted more proof, more proof, uh, a more solid case. And this really is one where was, was this the defenses that Republicans are, are, are putting up to this uh, uh, to this whole Ukraine situation are sort of collapsing in on Is this the one where the Democrats were just like, we have no choice, we have there's just too much shit on the plate, like we can't ignore it anymore type of situation? Yeah, you know, I mean, I. The, the the political thinking on the Democrat side prior to Ukraine. So I'm talking about post-Martin Mueller. So Mueller reports come out, but, you know, William Barr, before he releases you know, the entire report, that this is press conference, and he just says, yeah, you know, there, there were no indictments for collusion, and there was no indictments for obstruction of justice, and everything's cool. And so, like, you know, that kind of just got me badly into people's brains, there was nothing there in the Mueller report. If you read the Mueller report, it lays out a conspiracy. Yeah. It may not have had enough to charge Donald J. Trump as a conspirator in the Russian malfeasance in our election, but when you have a, then again, he might have. When you have 30 of your people going to some kind of jail of some sort, some kind of like trial, that, that would, I mean... If it looks like shit, smells like shit, it has to be shit. Yeah, there were a lot of indictments that came out of Mueller. And then, you know, if you actually read the Mueller report, which I know a lot of people did not, I did, because I'm like that, but 
you know, if you read it, if you read it, there's a lot of uh, instances of obstruction of justice, um, which is a serious crime. There's this kind of popular notion out there that you know obstruction of justice isn't a real crime. I mean, it's a real fucking crime. Yeah. And um, you know, Mueller kind of goes out of his way in his report to say, look, some of the reason why we weren't able to get more indictments here is because. There was obstruction of justice. We could not do proper investigations. They never did interview Donald Trump. They never interviewed Donald Trump Jr. They never interviewed Don McGahn, the White House counsel. Uh, these were pretty key critical witnesses. And, um, I think it speaks somewhat ill of Robert Mueller that he just let it go. Yeah, kind of I, I was disappointed. Like, yeah, I know I'm it sorry, doesn't say he's innocent, but I feel like I wanted the fucking dad. I guess. I, mean, I guess we all did in a way. Yeah, look, there's no, I mean, I, I've been saying this since, since he won the election. There's no, there's going to be no secret, uh, uh, there's going to be no secret uh, uh, magic bullet or anything like that. Yeah. It's going to get rid of this guy. And, uh, he's going to get rid of him. There's going to be people that's mobilizing. Uh, people on the left of center, all the way left of center, coming together. And for one whole, yeah, you know, Maybe. And, go back to and, your go back to your holes. No, I mean, listen. Look, the, the the fundamental the fundamental political dynamic in the United States right now is this: the right wing is smaller than the left wing, and the right wing continues to get smaller while the left wing continues to grow. The difference between the two is at election time, the right wing they all come home. You know, you can be the farthest right that you want to be. Um, but at election time, we're they're sitting red. there. They're sitting there, and they're thinking, "Hey, Mitt Romney doesn't look so bad. I'm pulling the lever." I mean, whereas on left of center, all the way to the left of center, I think you have a lot of people who are just like, "Man, fuck Democrats." Yeah. And look, I'm a lifelong Democrat, and I am not a lifelong Democrat because I'm like rah rah Democratic Party. Like, there's been a lot of shit ass really morons running the Democratic Party pretty much my entire life. But I know, sure as shit, I'm not re- I'm not voting Republican. Yeah. And so. You know, I think what we need is we need every if everybody on the left comes together behind a candidate. I don't see any way that Trump wins re-election. And the problem is the left wing tends to not come home. And that is very true. I mean, the last election is a perfect example. I mean, you know, I did not want Hillary. Hillary, and I actually sat there in the box and like stared at Jill Stein, Hillary, back and forth. I was like. As much as I don't want either one of these, I don't want him. So it, th- it, this was me coming home. Yeah. If I didn't think of such a close race, I would just fucking skipped it and picked the Green Party at that point. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, look, this is America, and you know, we all get to vote for who we want to vote for. It's part of you know the franchise, and and um, but I do think at the end of the day, especially in a presidential election. You have one of two choices. You don't have a buffet. You yeah. don't have a menu. It's a binary choice. One think- of these two people, the one with the D or the one with the R, is going to be elected president. And we can talk about third parties. I mean, look, the Democrats and the Republicans each raised and spent over a billion dollars just on the presidential election in 2016. Like, when a third party comes up that has that kind of clout, that can put that kind of money behind a candidate, Maybe I'll take that seriously. I just don't see it happening in my lifetime. And that's really the strength. That's really the stranglehold that the two parties have on the system is money. Yeah. Like if, we got, if we got money more out of the political system, 
I think you'd see more space yeah. for different parties and different coalition building and things like that. As it is right now, you have a monopolist system in which the price of entry is a billion dollars minimum. I would the Greens aren't raising a billion dollars. The Libertarians aren't raising a billion dollars. The you know Area Fifty One. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you say the that Area 51 uh, marauders are not going to raise a billion dollars. I would, I would hope to see like an expansion draft where they divide the red and blue teams up into two separate teams, mm-hmm. like your far left, your far right, and your middle middle. I mean, I know it's never going to fucking happen in my lifetime as well. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I I can dream. 